first time in person mm. for the Unmaskables. Uh, you guys don't know it, but round two, due to technical difficulties. Uh, so as I was saying, Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> first podcast of the year, 2021. We're here. We made it through 2020. Now we have to hope we make it through 2021 because, <laughs> let's be real, nothing's really going to change yet. Oh, come on, man. Um, well, I mean, I guess to your point, uh, we're reading about the craziness that is the Joker. So if there was any year that is more indicative of the Joker, 2020 was a good one. But jokes on you, 2021 is not going to be much different. So <laughs> yep. get fucked. Yet. Yeah. Uh, the light's at the end of the, the. I see the light at the end of the tunnel, but uh, we're not there. Yet. No, we're not. We. Yeah, this one's special though. We're kicking off 2021 with in-person unmaskables. Yep. We're talking about Joker Killer Smile. Uh, from DC's Black Label, uh, done by written by Jeff Lemire. Um, we switched it up on you guys. We said we were going to do Killing Joke, but we decided not to because um, everyone knows it. So, whatever. I guess we'll take the. L. <laughs> it's more popular. It's yeah, older. we'll take the. L. So I found. So I got gifted this, and I think that this is a much better story. Um, like Max said, it is part of the Black Label, uh, DC's Black Label, which is like more adult. Uh, I think we should definitely throw the. The um, disclaimer. Yeah, for uh, younger children, that this one can be kind of hard, especially if you're a parent and trying to introduce your kids to comics. Maybe not the right route to take. There is a bit of profanity. It is a pretty dark story overall. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, also, your podcasters are drinking while recording, so. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> so, uh, the, kid, the kid friendly might be out the window uh, for the second week in a row. Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, like Matt said, this story does bring Jeff Lemire and artist Andrea Sorrentino. They both collaborated on Green Arrow and Gideon Falls, which was, uh, or, or uh, Green Arrow was um, Eisner nominated. And like I've said this to Matt and to Andrew, they're like my two favorite people to work together. Jeff Lemire has done so much good work. My favorite um, comic book, I don't know what you would call him, hero, villain, anti-hero, uh, Moon Knight. Character. Yeah, character, yeah. He's done like the best work on Moon Knight, I think. Um and like this was just like a really easy transition for us to get into after uh, Daredevil, I think, because it's like a little faster, but also really heavy. And still along the same lines of dealing with like psyche. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the things is like everyone knows that like the Joker doesn't have the best um, history with his psychotherapists. Um, if we've learned anything from like his interactions with Harley Quinn, Pretty much the guy's out to, like, finagle or screw up anybody he's around. And um, this story has, like, a very similar vein. Which, at first, I kind of hated. I don't know about you guys. Uh, kind of. So, I I knew going into it that there was some elements of the Harley Quinn story. Mm -hmm. But it was also very refreshing to see it from a very different point of view. Like, not someone that's romantically obsessed with Joker. Right. Yeah. It's a, a male that has a family. Or had. Um... And you dive into, like, his psyche. You know, he's just treating him as a patient, trying to make through, like, the the typical psychiatrist breakthrough that he really wants. And we see what working with the Joker, working with, like, an extreme mental patient can also do to the doctor. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Matt, I felt like, was... So Matt, like, literally finished it this morning. <laughs> and... Um, he like it's he fresh up here. It's fresh. He uh he was like what what did you say you you liked it but like you were also kind of like oh, it was it was okay. Yeah, well I I like I guess to what you were just saying a second ago with the whole uh like another turning another psych doctor bad or something like right. I, early on you, they kind of like nod to the fact that hey we've sent a bunch of people in here and they all end up going crazy or like turning dark <laughs> mm -hmm. or something so like right at the beginning you're like well why the hell are you still doing it <laughs> give up yeah. why are we still sending people in there like so right at the beginning you're like well hey this story should never happen because why the hell do they keep sending people into the the lion's den essentially yeah. um but once you get past that it's i i enjoyed it it's uh it's fairly dark and it's very much like it asks the question of those who go mad, do they even know if they're going mad? Mm -hmm. And it, yes. it, it really, it, like the whole book just explores that, that question, it's, basically. Yeah. I like that point, because I was like, I mean, obviously, like anytime anyone reads any comic books, you pull different things from the stories. One of my favorite things about this, too, was like, yeah, okay, what does a descent into madness looks like? And then the other side of it, which I loved, was the entire theme about like the madness of an artist, right? Like, yeah. 
are you crazy because you create insane things or you're destructive or whatever? And is that label fair to you if you think what you're doing is like beautiful or interesting or fun? And like, that's also kind of like the big thing about the Joker in a lot of different ways, even in Arkham, right? Mm -hmm. Like in the video games, they usually go through that process of him just being like, ah, whatever. And it's just like, but I love it. It's beautiful. Don't you think? And people are like, no, you're a lunatic. And he's like, I don't, I don't understand where this is coming from. This seems unjustified. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you treating me this way? Um, what, you don't think my hundreds of murders are beautiful? Right. Like, it's art. Don't you see it? Yeah, exactly. Well, so I guess we can hop right into it unless you had something you wanted no. to add in there. No. Um, so book one introduces um, Dr. Ben Arnell, uh, and he has been working with the Joker, we learned, for about three months at that point, and had like another two weeks left before he was going to get pulled off of working with him. Um, his whole idea was like to unravel and like probably cure Joker of whatever... Uh, maladies he had which the joker found hysterical i think he always finds it funny and the the i don't know if, which what role she had i guess the lead person there at the facility at arkham mm-hmm. fellow doctor essentially fellow yeah like really really called it out like like you're doing this for ego yeah more so than are you really doing it for the patient or are you doing this for ego because this has failed time after time after time and yet you still believe that you're going to go in there and, and make some type of progress and, with, and that's funny, too, because that also tells a parallel story between Ben and the Joker, which is, like, the Joker believes what he does, again, is artful and beautiful and interesting. And it's almost like um, like it's a refuge for people, right? Like, what he does is, is, is beautiful and crazy, and, like, people can find solace in it where he says, well, well, Ben, what you're doing, or the story says what Ben's doing is, like, ego-driven, which is what Batman always says about the Joker, right? He's an egomaniac. He's all these other things. And that's, like, not really... How yeah. the Joker sees it. Um, so they tell him, Ben, you're only working with him for two more weeks. And he heads home. And he tells his wife, Anna, and uh, their son, Simon. And everyone's, like, very relieved, right? And they're like, oh, okay, cool. That's awesome. We're going to fucking walk away from this and, and never have to deal with it again. And then it cuts to probably the best part of this whole comic, I think, in my opinion, which is um, Mr. Smile and uh, Happy Village. Yeah. So he starts to read the son a book, right, about a clown, uh, Mr. Happy. And Mr. Happy is the Joker, obviously, but he's a bit of a lunatic. And he's starting to read the story to his son, and all of a sudden he gets to this point where, like, one of the characters is supposed to, like, gets murdered, basically, by Mr. Happy. And he, like, closes the book, and he's like, one, where did you get this, Simon? Two, what the hell? And his son's like, well, you promised me you would read this. You told me you would finish this story. And you got it for me. Right. Yeah, he yeah. didn't remember yeah. that he even got his son the book. Yeah. But and, we die, like we see why that is a little deeper into the story and like why this what this whole sequence is about. But when you're initially reading it and you go through this part, you yourself as the reader are like, wait a minute, what's what's going on? Yeah. Because it's a, I mean, it comes out of left field. Like you're literally, so it's, it's, it's not even a page turn, which is really interesting. It, it almost feels as if it's like an aside to the story. So like... Yeah. He leaves Arkham, he goes to his family, they finish dinner, you see them finish dinner on the left panel, and then on the right panel, it's the story of Mr. Smiles, and you're like, where did this come from? Because it's like a children's book, essentially. Yeah, Um, except a little clown with a chainsaw killing uh, forest animals. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, like, this kind of, like, walks into a little bit of weirdness, right? Because um, he, like, Ben, kind of, like... Whatever. He, like, walks away from it. It is what it is. And the Joker, the next day during their next session, uh, tells Ben the end of the story, right? So one of the animals goes to Mr. Smile's doorway. And Mr. Smile's is like, well, why don't you come on in? And the other character in the story goes, well, if I do, you're going to kill me. And Mr. Smile's is like, okay, cool. So he lets him in anyway. And, of course, Mr. Smile kills him. And, like, that right there is, like you said earlier, it's a perfect, like, it's the perfect phrase, the lion's den. It, it, it is Ben and the Joker. So, like, Ben's walked into the lion's den, right? And now he's dead, or not really, maybe, like, metaphorically or yeah. whatever. And, like, this triggers Ben immediately. Like, he, like, loses his mind. He runs to the bathroom, tries to open a door, and sees some dude murdered with the Joker paint on, right? Yeah. And, like, the guy's like, what the hell's wrong with you? And, like, Ben's sitting on the floor... And Ben realizes that it was just a hallucination. Mm-hmm. And that is your first little, like, check mark yeah. into, like, 
this guy's fucked up. Like, this guy's ruined all the yeah. He's losing it. Yeah. Or but lost at, it already. At that point, though, you think that, in, in your mind, because you've seen, like, you know the Joker and all this other stuff, your inclination, and the way they make it seem, is that the Joker has somehow, like, broken out of Arkham at night, or had mm. somebody who works under him at night, Slip, like, uh, give this book, book to yeah. the kid, and, like, the dad doesn't know where the book came from, uh, blah, 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 they told the kid it was from the dad, blah, blah, and... Like, that's how Joker knows the story, obviously, because he read it, broke out, slipped it to the kid. And, like, that's your inclination to this point. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a very Joker-esque theme. Like, that's something Joker would do. That's why when you're at this part, you're like, okay, this is, like, 100% that's what's going on. Yeah. And, but wait. But the indication, too, there is, like, as Ben is leaving, I, I don't know if it's in this panel or in book two. Like, I, I think I conflated them. But he starts to draw Mr. Smiles on the wall, right? And it's almost like the Joker... Not only did the Joker write the story, he is actually also writing the story, right? So I think it, it was is, as he ran away. So yeah, I think he it was starts as to dr- Ben like ran away to the restroom, yeah. found the guard, like you're hallucinated the guard. Um, that's when Joker like got up from his seat and went to the wall and started drawing Mister Smiles. Yeah, and it's kind of like it's cool. Which is a bunny rabbit, by the way. Yeah, he's writing the story is a pretty interesting take because that's uh, we haven't gotten there yet, but that's essentially how. I'll get into it after we like the story and do the synopsis, yeah, but that's yeah. essentially like the book. Yeah, so it's it's really the first. So the first book ends rather quickly, only because you have Mister Smiles and the Happy Village, and then you also have like this aside with Ben's family. So it is very bang bang in terms of like you get some peeks into the Joker, but not all of them, right? Yeah. And then book two starts, and like we've hit full fucking craziness. Like we've lost our our minds. <laughs> yeah. Like there's an Arkham yeah. Diner. Uh, Croc is there, Scarecrow's there, like Ben's sitting around, and the Joker's basically like, hey man, you know what's really crazy? That people call us crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and like Ben's just like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. And the Joker's like, well, you know, the fun thing about madness is that it's not so much madness. It's um, it's being able to live a true life. Right? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's releasing from the chain, so to speak. And right as uh, the Joker's saying this, he like, opens up they bring a plate to the table he opens it up and it's like a brain on top of a rubik's cube it looks like almost yeah yeah and he's like are you happy to see me and ben's like you shouldn't be here he continues to like go down the spiel of like ben really you're a lot like me and then ben wakes up right i love the quote was uh are you sure you're the one that's out of place here? yeah or are you sure i'm the one that's out of place yes here? Yeah. yes 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 are you the, are you sure yeah, you're and kind of going back to that like i really liked this page and like going into like ben driving up to the diner yeah. And he has this like internal monologue where he says, there are two worlds. Mm. There is the world that most of us inhabit. This is the world where we live our day-to-day lives. For the sake of simplicity, let's call this the real world. But there is another world. And this, is, this other place is only one that very special people can see. Mm. And so this dives more into the whole madness. Yeah. Like, is madness an art form? Like, do you know if you're going crazy? Or have you just slipped into a different way to perceive reality? Right. And it's, like, one of the things that I love about the Joker as a character, and, like, maybe they don't do as much justice to it in the movies, but definitely in the comics, like, obviously, because it is source material, they really embrace the fact that, like, the Joker is this, like, not only is he artful, he embraces his crazy, right? And, like, where Batman has embraced his darkness and, like, all the crap that's happened to him, him and the Joker operate on different sides of, like, justice and reality, right? Like, Batman is hyper-justice, he is hyper-real, he is the darkest part of, like, the real world where your parents die, and the Joker is just kind of, like, whimsical, fantastical, fun, yeah. but also murder's cool, too. Order versus chaos. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And, like, the two balances are so perfect with each other. And he even touches on that in the, in yeah. the second book, which I'm going to get to mm-hmm. in a sec. Um, so, like, Ben wakes up from this dream... And he, like, walks himself downstairs, and he looks at his son, Simon, and he goes, Simon, are you ready to go wherever they were going? And Simon reaches to go downstairs, which is where Ben's office is, and Ben has a conniption. He, like, flips out on his son. He's like, you never go down there. You never look at daddy's things. There are things that daddy has that you shouldn't touch. And then he, like, realizes he's yelling at his son, and he apologizes, and he does, like, the whole, oh, you're a good boy thing. And um, one of the things that I loved about that was that was kind of like a callback to, like, old Bruce Wayne and his father, right? Yep. Like, you're a good boy. Even though you fell down the well, like, you know, why do we fall so we learn to get back up kind of thing? Like, it yeah. is very, like, sentimental and touchy in the way that they do that. Um, so he goes back the next day or after he leaves his son and talks to the Joker again. 
and he tells him he wants to cure him. And the Joker's like, ha, 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 big joke, never going to happen. <laughs> so then he goes, all right, what are you afraid of? And the Joker goes, well, nothing. And he goes, not even him. And the Joker pauses for a second. He goes, well, don't tell Harley, but that's my soulmate. <laughs> yeah. And it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Because like, I've heard that reference before from the Joker, right? Oh, Where, yeah. like, Batman's like, oh, that's I love him. And Batman's like, I hate you. <laughs> but in the killing joke, right? At the end of the killing joke, what happens? Joker tells him that awful joke. Yep. And they both end up laughing scene right and it, like there is truth like that chaos there are two sides of a coin yep yeah. and we push that even further in the third book um but after you know he tells ben like he gives him one small insight he brings up his wife anna yep and he flips an absolute shit right this is where the he story like the goes haywire yeah, yeah. like yeah. everything you thought was going on in the book is now completely about to turn over for like a whole different thing yeah so he... this is actually so before he he walks in there with the joker he has a brief conversation with the the other doctor mm-hmm. and he's like yeah i can't believe you know it's three weeks already and then the doctor like this is where you start and the doctor like looks at him and says three weeks question mark and this is where you're like wait a minute yeah and then he goes in there he starts talking to joker and then he she brings up uh, or he brings up anna and his son's name Simon Simon um and then it just goes haywire from there yeah so like this, like to Matt's point like this is where the story like loses all yep. content. Yeah. like this is where we've officially like I mean the Joker has such a great way of like really breaking you right and this is where he like absolutely breaks Ben and he's in his home with his family and like right before they're like having dinner and he looks up and they're all like throat scouched uh uh, uh joker face painted on them and he's just like no way i gotta i like i have to know how he knew their names i have to know about the story i have to know all this all this stuff so he drives back to arkham to confront the joker and the joker in the most eloquent and incredible way possible is just like okay i'll tell you what the actual uh what the actual end of the joke is the end of the joke is this you've been treating me for three years you voluntarily have told me information about your family. You brought that book home to your son. And by the way, they've left you. Yeah. yeah. You told me their name months ago when they left you. Yeah. Yes. Also, everything that happened leading up to now in this comic book has not happened. You weren't reading to your son because your son was gone. Yeah. You weren't talking yep. to your wife in bed because there was no wife in bed. Uh, you weren't eating dinner with your family because there is no family. You right. have this they- entire one page of just like mini, uh, mini cutouts of the the last like first two books and yeah. it's all those scenes where he was talking to his son or his wife and they're just actually and not it, there it's all been in his head it's all been in his head mm-hmm. so he already lost it so we don't know even perhaps at the start of the book it had just been three weeks and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden yeah matt he, yeah he, he the next three years just went by and they, uh, four panels yeah they right. they really like they flesh out the question of or they they really answer the question of if you're if you devolve into madness do you even know you're devolving into madness yep. and then devolves into madness Literally, and never knows know. it yeah and we never know it until that point because we're reading from ben's point of view and there's there's two things i want to bring up here the first of which i think is really fun it's um in in terms of like for me as a reader going through those panels like i had to go back and like reread book one and like a portion of book two just to see if like wait so did i miss something in the story that was being told to me right like where like where this time lapse that like is the joker just messing with this guy or is he telling the truth so like you go back and you can see the hints like the the three weeks question mark from the lead doctor all that other stuff the other thing that i thought about too was the way that it happened to harley quinn harley was broken in a very different way right like harley was a little bit more she wanted it yeah Yeah. which is also very problematic when you say that too well she essentially didn't even lose her mind until she already like fell in love with joker right yeah so then she willingly lost he wooed her yeah it also plays into the thing joker says early in the first book is that he's an he's he's an artist and he's not chaotic he's simply giving people what they really want right and these people don't understand they want it but he's giving them what they want well he gave harley love harley wanted freedom that yeah and what we come to find out and like what we realize now is like maybe ben wanted this or maybe joker made him believe he wanted it Mm. and it really ties into the story with the little woodland creature uh mr happy yeah where they when the rabbit is visiting mr happy after mr happy like kills half the town and all this other stuff and Mr. Happy's like, why do you want to come in? You know I'm just going to kill you. Yeah. And the rabbit's like... But I want to come in anyway. I want to come in. And just Mr. Happy's see. like, okay. okay. My take and then on it. He, yeah. he stabs him, the rabbit, in this little kid's, fake kid story. 
he stabs the rabbit and he goes he asks the rabbit as he's like stabbing him and he's bleeding out and he's like why'd you come in you knew I was going to kill you like why did you want to come in and the rabbit says I needed to see how it feels yeah yep. yeah oh, and like it, it, it ties in so much with, with Joker's belief that what he's doing isn't necessarily I mean it's chaotic yes but he's doing it because he's giving people what he believes that people think need. they need yeah or, so or kind really of going desire. with that like so Ben as a doctor like he's coming in there to give order and it kind of goes back to that whole primal like we sometimes do the opposite of what we might actually crave mm. so he comes in there trying to bring order to joker but joker's like no you you're trying to bring order because you what you truly crave is chaos yeah there is no order in, in, in a, in a lawless freedom. world yeah, yeah exactly yeah so and, that's where we then see ben arnell loses damn mind yeah <laughs> well like and that's another that's another big thing too right like what is the connection between like freedom and ego and like order and ego right like ego is a construct i guess which is like super i guess velez would call it meta right <laughs> like <laughs> order is this like weird thing that we create in order to like give ourselves a reason to exist or a reason to feel important whereas freedom it would i mean it is anarchy right like everyone yeah. is equal everyone does something yeah but there's nothing else but that because order is essentially a it's a human construct right like, there is no actual necessary order in the world right other than like well I'm, we're not going to dive into that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> way too much of a tangent yeah but it's the whole like order is human made and chaos is this true form of expression yeah for sure so book three starts and right at the end of book two uh, Ben has uh, officially lost his all his marbles. He goes to the mirror and he paints the uh, the old style Joker face on himself, right? So the red lipstick, the red eyes, uh, the white face. Straight out of uh, Joaquin Phoenix's makeup yeah, journey. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, and he, in book three, heads back to Arkham. Now, this journey to Arkham is not as measured it's not as a guy trying to learn something it's a man on a mission and we don't quite know what it is because like they show him speeding they show him doing all this other wild stuff and he gets to arkham and he beats the crap out of a guard and then he confronts the joker like i said now like seemingly crazy and joker ben um uh, joker tells ben that the enemy uh isn't just those who live quote normal lives but also people like his wife anna who have taken his child away from him not only that, the weirdest part about this whole section or conversation was that, like, the Joker almost seems like a father sincere. figure. Sincere. Yeah, sincere. To, to, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, which, like, I guess, to the big Harley Quinn comparison, right? Like, he did that with her, too. Yep. Like, I love you. You love me. I will embrace you for who you are if you embrace yourself for who you are as well. Which is, like, a really... It's, like, it is the most um, grooming like weird and that's really yeah. what it is right because ultimately like if you look at it from one point of view his joker's desire in both situations was just to get the hell out of arkham right so yes yes he it... used harley to get out of arkham yep and then he groomed ben arnell to get out of arkham mm -hmm. and that's literally what happened so now that now that like joker has recruited ben as like this other hand we cut back to the story of um of mr smiles and you know, Ben, you know, hits the button and releases the Joker, the alarm sound, everyone's losing their minds. And we cut back to Mr. Smiles and Mr. Smiles in front invites all his friends to the party, a crocodile, a scarecrow, a man with two faces, and they all hack and hack and hack. Um, and the party's a success is pretty much what they write in it. Right. And of course, Joker and Ben escape. But before they can go anywhere, what's the one thing that the Joker has to do? He has to put on his gosh darn costume. Yep. <laughs> but he does it because he knows that someone's coming. Yep. He has to get ready for his date. His wonderful date with his wonderful soulmate, Batman. And Batman shows up and in like the best Joker fashion, he sets him up. And what does he do? He tells Batman, you have two choices. The first of Ben Arnell, by the way, just dipped out to go chase after his wife and son. With a gun, by the way. They, he, like, with, he killed a yeah, guard. Yeah. He we, killed a we guard. We assumed to kill them. Yes. He killed a guard, and then he and Joker shared a laugh about it. Probably going to kill his mom. Yes. Which or was the kid's, the mom. kid's mom. The kid's yeah. mom, yeah. They share, they share a laugh about it, and I think there was a cutscene, or like a little um, like internal monologue about that with Ben, where he was just like, I needed to feel freedom. And like yeah. everything that the Joker had offered him, he had finally felt... So Batman shows up and, and like I said, in, in perfect Joker fashion, 
he goes, well, Batman, you have two choices. <laughs> you can arrest me, or you can go save a wife and a child. And Batman's like, hmm. And the Joker goes, well, uh, she left him, and now he's going to go kill him. So choose wisely. In proper Batman fashion, what did you do to him? Yeah, right. exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, and of course, Batman always chooses others as opposed to the Joker. To save the short term, not the long term. Yeah, which, like, I've always found funny about Batman. Like, is he that dumb or, like, is his sense of justice so immediate? Well, I think it ties into the ego thing, right? Because he says, I'll catch you. As he, he, he punches, like, slams Joker's face into the concrete one more time and he's like, I'll catch you. And Joker's like, yeah, uh-huh. I know you're coming and I'll be ready. Ha ha ha, whatever. So, like, it ties into the whole ego thing. Of, yeah. Like, Batman can let Joker go to go save the one woman as opposed to saving possibly hundreds from the Joker. Right. Because he's confident and like in his mind he's just gonna catch Joker the second he steps out to do something else anyway. Right. So Joker kinda plays to that it's the same way with Joker playing with Ben's mind, playing with whatever. He he can play to to Bruce's ego and, and you know, Bruce's psyche. And that, there is the other side of that, right? Where Bruce enjoys the endless struggle with the Joker. Yeah. So maybe the entire time the Joker was locked up, he was bored. It is kind of masochistic on Batman's end. And I think, like, if there is no greater struggle in comic books, it is Batman and the Joker. Like, sure, Superman and Lex Luthor, Daredevil and Kingpin. But this one's psychological in nature. And it's romantic, too. Because it's, it's like, visceral on so many levels. It's, like, so... So many dark things that really the Joker has done to Batman and Batman's done to the Joker. Yeah, I mean, and even if you want to, like, contextualize the story, right, in The Killing Joke, the, the um, the big thing that had a lot of people up in arms about it, right, was the fact that, like, it is implied or kind of sort of suggested that the Joker... Um, uh, rapes Batwoman, right? Right. And that, like, he does... The Batgirl. Um, And, like, in the movie, they did this thing where, like, they set up a romantic relationship between Batgirl, um, who is um, Gordon's daughter, and Batman. Yep. And that kind of, like, doubles up the anger for Batman. And, like, here, like, to that point, like, he is very much, like, viscerally tied to him because of all of the things that he's done throughout the course of their history together. Um, So... Of course, Batman chooses to, to, to go rescue or arrest Ben or whatever. And Ben gets to wherever his wife is staying. And he pulls out a gun on her. And in, in, in prototypical non-Joker fashion, because everyone that ever pulls out a gun that is not the Joker doesn't shoot first and say things later, he goes, close your eyes and don't look at me. Like very, That's like a very ashamed person kind yeah. of thing, yeah. right? Like, I don't want to remember the look on your face. Not only that, like, even, like, they always say, like, when uh, I, I watched this documentary, I forget what it was called, but... Um, the guy or the whoever committed this murder against a woman, right? Like hid her body under like pillowcases, so like didn't have to look at the body once it was done, and that's very personal and whatever else. So like it has that like very weird tone, and um, as he like you know pulls down the hammer, his son Simon pops up, and Ben starts to like internalize all of these things. He's like, oh crap, the Joker really broke me, and he sees his son with the Joker like makeup on, and he's like, crap, I don't, I can't do this to, I can't do this to him, I can't do this to anyone, and like. The only thing that gives me hope, which becomes like the big word, is my progeny or my son. And then obviously Batman shows up and arrests him. Um, which like solid cop out to like touch the the emotions of a man with like their progeny or whatever. Well, what gets him is like the son is like take me with you. Yeah. And he, when like, yeah. he sees the son in the Joker makeup, and the son says take me with you, and so at that point he's like, well shit, I can't like. What has happened to me? I can't let this happen to my son. Like, I've, like, I've lost everything. I've, like, my life is over, but I can't, I can't ruin this child. Yeah. And what gives me hope is that this child can... Not be me. Exactly, yeah. Can, can be better than me and, and whatnot. And so artistically at this point, this is where I got a little confused for a moment. Because I was thinking, huh, the son hasn't aged since the first panel. Oh, yeah. So that means since the first panel... We were actually, it's already been three years. Right. In the very first panel. Like yes. At the start of the story, it's already been three years. Correct. We're not time skipping at all. No. He just doesn't realize it. We came to the end. We like When we walk into the story, I think Lemire sets you up, like, to your point, at like day 900 and whatever. Yeah. As opposed to like day one of 900 and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like really fun because the one thing that I love about this comic is that you walk into moments in time and 
the reality of the situation is that there are no moments in time here. It's just like one linear straight story that happens very quick, uh, very a la Game of Thrones last story season. Story's a little chaotic. Yeah, and the story's very crazy. Because, like, I mean, not to, you know, whatever, but like 2020, think about all the things that happened in a week in 2020. Yep. The same thing happens here, right? Yep. And it, it's, like, very intense. And I actually got, like, a little bit weirded out when I, like, started to think about how much crap can happen to a person over the course of a week, a day, a year. And, like, it made me think, like, yeah, like, 2020, we went from COVID to George Floyd in, like, a month. Yeah. Two months, really. And, like, from there, moving forward, it was just, like, hit after hit after hit. Like, we've, like, like, you forget, like... How I looked much at the happens head- in such a short Dude, time span. I was yeah. reading the headlines for 2020, and Tiger I was like, King. "Holy shit, Tiger King! Yeah. Uh, we, we killed a general in Iran. Like, just like we yeah. ended ISIS. Like, just all this weird shit." And I'm just like, "That was a year. Yeah, like that's wild. Like, I feel crazy now having to think about." And then on top of that, so Joker Killer Smile, the anthology was released in 2020. Yeah, the actual stories were written towards the end of 2019. Yeah, so it's it's wild how kind of the art becomes reality, even, right? Yeah, the parallel there is just wild. Mm. So, so Batman apprehends this guy. Go for it, Matt. No, 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 no. That was it. Batman apprehends this guy. <laughs> He's in Arkham now. And Joker's free. And the one thing that really screwed me up about this whole story, which is like, this was kind of the cop out to the story that made me upset. Mm-hmm. Which was he's talking to the head psychologist lady. Mm-hmm. He's like, But you gotta promise me that that we'll get him. And the head psychologist looks at him and she was like, Well, we can only hope. I'm like, hope. Yeah, and and he's in there, and he seems like after a little bit of time, you assume a little bit of time in Arkham after Batman caught him, and he's like, normalized. Obviously, no makeup. He's hope talking. He's he's, he's to. talking to the head person as if he was talking to her at the beginning of the first yeah, issue, right at the start. Um, and you you see that the way that she talks to him as well, um, you kind of get the sense that that hope is letting him kind of get his wits back about him, get his sanity back, like. He's going back to to normal, or in terms of this book, he's going back to the world, real with, world. with the mask on. You yeah, know, yeah. back to the yeah. So it's it's a it's an interesting like start and finish. I so I was like, bitch, hope my man killed children <laughs> with balloons, which it cuts to at the end, right? And Joker's walking around and hands a little girl. He's a balloon. back to hand, yeah. And you knew what was in the balloon the first time, which was like the crazy spray or whatever to like make them their faces white and their hair green or whatever. And like, it also has a panel with Batman there, and it's like, well, justice has failed us, I think, here a little bit because the man didn't deserve to go to jail or Arkham for that matter. Batman let him go, and all the only thing that you have to linchpin the entirety of this story is on hope. Oh, like, I don't, yeah. 2020 taught me anything. It said hope can sometimes run out. Well, I, I mean, they kind of end it with hope can bring you back from a lot of dark places and a lot of bad things. But I, I think the, the general, I don't think that was the general theme of the book. I no, definitely it, not. Yeah, I think the general theme of the book was the whole, you can let yourself slip into madness and never even realize that you're slipping into madness yep. type thing. Um, yeah. And it's it's very possibly because it's what you actually want deep down inside with the whole you know joker going into this is what people want i'm just giving what people want and then um he he tells ben several times throughout after he kind of hits peak descent he's like this is who you really are you wanted this you were the one that kept coming back to keep trying to treat me despite the fact that like no one succeeded you weren't succeeding when you were still perfectly sane early on yep like you clearly wanted this on some level because you just kept coming back and kept coming back and kept coming back. You knew better. Exa- yeah, exactly. But better. but you still came back, like the rabbit in the story. Like all of it kind of ties into to that, I guess, that that psychic thing. I don't that, know. That weirdness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the beautiful things about this particular anthology is that at the end of it, there is one final story inclusion, which is the reverse of... Uh, um, not Joker Killer Smile it is Batman Smile Killer right <laughs> and um, this was released in June of 2020 I believe yep um, which is like really fun only because this story is I don't know it is psychedelic it's it's freaking weird yeah it kind of tackles that age old uh, it's been kind of a meme in the past right like what if 
Batman was actually a patient in Arkham this entire time, and he made up this entire thing. And this actually dives into that like entire story, essentially, right. where it starts off with Bruce watching the uh, the Happyville show in his own version, right? As a yeah, as as, as a, a kid. kid, yeah. And uh, he's about to like stab himself in the eye with scissors, and his mom comes in, and Martha comes in because the the clown was talking to him directly. Yep. Which um, one of the words that I loved a lot when I was reading some of the reviews for these stories was uh, gaslighting. Like the Joker yes. gaslights a lot of his people, yes. so like. Uh, yeah, you're crazy, or no, you're totally normal, or you should definitely do this because this is the best thing that could happen to mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. And like over and over again, he just like toys with people. And basically, like, it sets the stage basically for um, for the Joker to really play on the emotions of Batman, yeah. right? And like almost make you think, like, like to your point, right? Was this even real? Is Batman even real? Does he live in a real world? Is he at Arkham? Are any of the things that he sees really real? And like maybe if those if you want to put those things aside, is Batman just like a crazy person himself? Yep. Like does he enforce his own type of artistic justice like a lunatic? Um and and I thought like I really so like when I read it, I read it like kind of in jest cuz like I was like, oh, "Okay, cool." Like the reverse story. I thought it's it was kind of like, like an Elseworlds version. So like there's yeah. all the Elseworlds versions of DC Comics where like it's a what if. So like what if Batman got the Green Lantern ring, stuff like that. And this was kind of like that, except what if Batman was crazy the entire time? What's fun is that they're both in Arkham, right? Batman yep. and Batman are now in Arkham. And um, they, they kind of make this parallel, right? Like, what's the difference between me and you? What? How could you be... If you're in here with me, how could you be any different than I am? Right. What makes you believe that you've done any of the things... Maybe you've done them, but maybe you haven't done them the way you have, or you, the way you think you have. And, like, Bruce is like, okay, whatever, and Gordon comes to visit him, and he's like, are you really believing this crap? Like, yeah, I, what? No, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm Batman. Yeah, I, like, I really didn't like, like, it was okay, but I, I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of the, the Batman one-shot at the end there. A, because it's been covered a bajillion times, like, yeah. we understand that. They're two sides of the same coin. Like, Batman is probably legitimately just as mentally ill as the Joker is, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. in different ways. Um, but also, the one-shot is literally the plot of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie, mm-hmm. but in a comic form and with Batman. And, like, well, there are that, movie, I, that movie was... I, I, I'll spare most of my feelings on that movie, but I hated it. Really? Um, and also, this one-shot is... okay. This one I liked sh- it. This one-shot's the same plot. You go through this, the half the issue of... Batman is talking to Gordon and he's chasing down Joker and trying to catch Joker, which is where we left off yep. in, in Killer Smile. But in reality, what happens is he he's in a psych ward. He's in Arkham. And they're like... Well, why is he in Arkham is the question. Well, they're like... Well, exactly. So they're like, well, you're in Arkham. Uh, we know you think that you're the Batman, but the Batman's not real. You haven't done anything. But Bruce is like, it has to be real. And then... There's a couple ends, wild key and, points in this story. And it ends with, yeah. But it, it ends with him like fighting his way through Arkham Guards and, like, jumping out a window and landing and being fine again. So, like, well, if he wasn't the Batman, how the hell would he be able to do that? So he's clearly Batman. And it's, like, it's the same way the Joker movie went. When, yeah. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> five, four, three, two, one. Go. Uh, the whole movie happens. You start in Arkham with Joker, but, like, the whole movie happens and you think all this stuff happens. And then at the, at, the, at the end... It seems as if none of it happened, but then he also walks out with blood on his feet, as if he just killed people. So if yep. he wasn't really the Joker, then how would he do that? And like, it, it didn't make any any that's, sense that's whatsoever. Why, that's the main reason I hated that movie. Honestly, and, I liked it up to the end, and then the end, I was yeah. like, this was the worst possible ending I could have. And imagined. this book gave me the same vibe. Is that the this, the one shot? Yeah, yeah, the end of this one shot. I didn't honestly make the that same parallel vibe. when I read it. So, but that's solid. Like that is basically exactly what it is. So the reason Bruce is at Arkham is because he killed his father. Supposedly, yeah. So Alleg- allegedly, Martha brings him to the Happyville show. Yeah. Like how he was about to stab his eye out in the beginning, he apparently killed his father, and now the main like plot changes, right? So Gordon's a doctor. He's a psychiatrist at this facility. Yeah. Martha's alive. Right. And so this is where you're white, like, wait a minute, like, is this actually happening in Bruce's head? Like, is this a one-shot? And if, is he actually Batman? Like, you as the reader are actually very confused at this point when Martha shows up to present-day Batman. Yeah. Right. Well, well, the other interesting question here that, like, so one of the things that, like, kind of screwed me up, there was two of them, the first of which was, 
Ben's talking to Bruce, and you don't know if Ben is like still a cog in Joker's machine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Or if he's like just trying to like Manchurian candidate Batman into like activating him. <laughs> the other side that I had too was like, okay, so let's suppose for a second Batman is real, but it's not Bruce Wayne. So now it's like an imposter, very yeah. similar to what Ben was with the Joker. The Joker, right. So um, the last panel, which I thought was the best part, right, is like he fights out, he's losing his, his like his mind. He breaks out. He hits the ground floor. I need floor. a sign. Yeah, and then the bat signal, bat signal is there, but in the next panel it disappears, yeah. and you're like, "Well, did he hallucinate that?" Exactly, thing? exactly. Yeah, and I mean, like, it, a lot of this story, or a lot of like the Lemire stories as a whole, for for me, like, even what, he didn't do it so much with the Green Arrow, but with like Moon Knight, a lot of it has to do with like mental health issues, really. Like, yep. uh, like your descent into madness, your navigation through madness, your ability to find solace in who you are either accept that you're crazy or fight through the crazy and then either you get better or you just operate within it right and like mark specter moon knight um lemire does that over like basically six or seven comics i want mm-hmm. to say where he like kind of like runs through the story and it is a little bit more fantastical because of like the egyptian connection um but here it is it's batman gritty which i love like yeah. that's like it's yeah. fucking like the only way I can describe it, it's just gross. Yeah. Like the mental play is yeah. so gross. I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And that's definitely one of the the strongest parts of like Batman and Joker, like comics in general. They do not hesitate to dive into weird psychological shit. Yeah. Like no. all across, like throughout history, like you've got basically the crazy psych- psychological comic struggle with, between Batman and Joker ever. Right. Yeah. In, in comics history. And then you just keep on getting these new and different iterations of it, even these one shots. Like this is obviously a one shot; it's not in in DC canon. No, but it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I, I like I said to you, I I like as soon as I picked it up, I was like, this is wild and weird, and like I forgot when I picked it up that I was reading Lemire for a second, yeah. and then I had to remind myself like of the craziness that he likes to touch on, but. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, canon like the, the the DC Black Label is not like traditional DC canon. Yep. Um, I mean like the White Knight stuff is interesting, um, and I think to some degree it does kind of get added into some of the canon, but it's not like the traditional stuff. Um, Birds of Prey was yeah. it, it that like the, the the not the entirety of the movie it originated from that DC Black uh, uh, Black Label stuff, but I was like. I was, like, really taken aback. I didn't expect it, like, to make a whim decision to read a comic. I didn't think that this was going to be as good as it was. Um, I don't I don't know. Do you guys got anything else on this one? Kind of just in closing, like, while I did dislike that it was... I don't want to say a Harley Quinn rehash. Yeah. But essentially, kind of, like, the, the main overarching storyline was kind of a Harley Quinn parallel. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like the fact that, of course, Harley wasn't the only psychiatrist that they threw at the Joker. Right. Like, they threw other psychiatrists, and it was nice to see a similar yet very unique story in an old, a more seasoned psychiatrist coming in, losing his mind anyways, and losing his family in the process. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, the one thing that I definitely want to add, I don't know if you've got anything, Matt, for for the story itself. Mm. No, not really. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I liked it. Uh, the, like, the one shot at the end, I didn't necessarily like as much, but I, I, I loved the story. The story was, was fun to go through, and then the twist when you figure out that like you get halfway through the three issues, and you're like, oh shit, this has been three years, and like this man's been sliding into like hardcore madness this yeah. whole time, and we haven't realized it. You just think, you take it for face value. Yep. Yeah, and then um, you learn with the Joker. Yeah, you should never so I, I like face yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like I, I loved everything that was going on, and I I really liked the the three series, the three issue run, um, for for Killer Smile. I think to your point for the last uh, like the Batman one shot, I think we'd actually love it if we hadn't seen the Joker. Mm. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I think it, it, like the Joker movie is, in my opinion, a much worse version of the one shot five page comic at the end of this story. Yeah. I like. I think I like it so much too. But I think I like like the first, the main three issues a lot more too yeah. because I'm like super nihilistic and like I, I love the 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 story and like the thought process and the psyche behind. Oh, I'm just I'm killing these people because it's what they really want. Right. I'm driving yeah. these people right. mad because it's yeah. what they really want. These people are full of ego. These people are are 
like they, they don't they don't see the world as it really is and right. they they want this but they don't know they want this and then mm-hmm. but like you know like I, I I'm like anti-humanity a lot of the times and like so that aspect of things like really appeals for to how me much of a chaotic individual the Joker is the Joker is really a control freak I would say Batman is more of the control freak. Batman is a control freak, but like the Joker also, he has this desire to spread his chaos to everyone. Mm, yeah. yeah. So yeah. from that point of view, like, I, I guess control freak's maybe not the right word. He's benevolent. He's a plague. Yeah, he's, he's, he's benevolent. Plague. Like, he's, yeah. his, 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 like, chaos no, is, like, benevolent, right? Yeah. Like, he's willing to give everyone a piece of what yep. he is. Yeah. And, I mean, like, sometimes with the Joker, right, and even, like, with Mark Hamill whenever he was doing mm-hmm. him, you got this sense that like there was a, his soul. there was a person in there like there always was a person within the Joker yep. and like he doesn't fight really like th- like you've never really seen the Joker like no never battle or do any like he's just a guy who's there to like play sick games well, with someone people. with a baseball bat every now and then right but like it's always a game it's never like a real meh. it's like it's never like Batman like hurting people physically no. he's like the 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 psychological portion of Batman's physical pain yep and like. All the time, whenever you get Joker stories, and I'm going to recommend a few um, from this actual, like, the black label that I was looking at that I, like, I, I found interesting. Um, it's always so much fun because it's a different take on traditional comic book. Yes. Like, I love comic book one-shots in general. Sure. Honestly, yeah. Because you can do something outside of the storyline. You do with have a lot of story freedom, yeah. yeah. But, like, you never get psychological characters no, you don't. In, in comic books, really. Like, there aren't a lot of, like, there's magic... There's violence. Yep. There's justice, but there's never really a lot of like psych. There's more escape from reality in comics than there is tackling reality. Yeah. And this is the stuff with Joker. The stuff with psychological stuff is tackling reality. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, for those of you guys that are interested in uh, Joker Killer Smile, I highly recommend you pick it up. There are a couple of other ones that have been released. Um, obviously. Uh, if you guys are, are Frank Miller fans, which I'm assuming if you're a comic book fan, you are. <laughs> there's uh, Superman Year One, uh, which he's done. There's also Dark Knight Returns, The Golden Child, which is a one-shot. Um, that looked really interesting. And there's also Batman The Three Jokers, which... Um, Three Jokers was something that I was definitely thinking of doing in, in one of our future uh, Unmaskables podcasts. It's a fantastic story. It's newer. Yeah. And it just dives into like this... I don't want to say a retcon... But it makes sense of a lot of the chaos between Joker comics in history. Yeah. Obviously, by the title, the, this, the whole premise is that there have always been three Jokers. And it's it's crazy. Like, I've partially d- dived into it. I haven't really read the whole thing, but it's an incredible series. The last one that I'll definitely recommend, because it's one of the longer ones, um, is Tom King. Uh, he does a 12-part Rorschach. Um, and Ooh. that looked... Not just violent. It looked like literal mental health, like nine one one. Like, we, luckily for us, we have like a couple social worker friends because I feel like if I read that, <laughs> I would like one thousand percent lose my mind. Just start eating like it's very possible. Just raw beans out of cans uh, yeah. in everyone's kitchen at two in the morning. Um, so this was my pick, which I changed on the fly. Uh, Matt had our Daredevil pick, which I loved, and Ender, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Have you? We've really gone dark so far. Yeah, we've gone I, super dark. I, I hope Ender lightens the, the mood a little there's bit. There's no, yeah, we're, there's we're, no hope in this podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're not we're not uh, we're not ending the issue on hope. Yeah, we're not ending the issue on hope. The world's a vile place, and I no longer want to be. Here. <laughs> well, uh, I'm actually going to go grab it. So keep talking. Oh, sweet. Um, so while Ender goes and I grabs, have what we're diving into. So while Ender goes and grabs our stuff. Um, all right, Matt and I obviously do our, our sports podcast called The Uncoachables. Um, obviously, it has been a lot of fun to do. We've been doing this, The Unmaskables, as a second episode. And uh, sadly, uh, for my sports-laden brain, uh, the comic book has been doing far better than the sports pod, <laughs> even though we release every other week, pretty much, like or every two weeks at this point. Uh, um, yeah, every two weeks for, for this pod. Yeah. So we ask of you, if you're ready and willing and able to please, um, you know, like, subscribe, uh, send it to your friends, send it to your family. Uh, Lord knows we like doing this because we're a bunch of nerds and quarantine was weird for us. So yeah. uh, we just want to keep sharing what we find with for you For those guys. of you listening on Spotify, uh, you can watch the stream live on Twitch. Uh, 
it'll be every other weekend, either Saturday or Sunday. We haven't quite figured that out yet. Uh, but it'll be live on Twitch TV slash Chef Mateus. And if you're watching live on Twitch, you can find our podcast on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, under the Unmaskables. So Ender has come back with his with his read, and I saw it earlier, and I know what it is, and I'm very excited. So for the third episode of The Unmaskables, Ender, what will we be reading? So it's a new Disney series. Uh, it's, it's Marvel, uh, but it is post-Disney acquisition of Star Wars. Ooh. And it is Star Wars Darth Vader, Dark Heart of the Sith. This story, it, unfortunately, it is a little still along the psychological line. So it dives into... Damn. No, see, no hope. No hope. <laughs> we yeah, also not, not a new hope, no yeah. hope. No. <laughs> <laughs> but so it starts off right after episode five. Uh, if you're familiar with Star Wars, I hope you are. Uh, it's right after basically Vader cuts off Luke's hand and... The story encompasses... You didn't say spoilers, man. What the hell? <laughs> well, spoilers. The movie's only 40 years old. What? <laughs> my, my bad. Vader caught Luke's name. By the way, Vader is Luke's father. What? <laughs> I need a drink. Uh, but so it dives into kind of Vader's psychological state after that. Like, he just cut off his kid's hand. But we will dive more into that in the next podcast. Sweet, sweet, sweet. So, yeah. So we're going to be doing Star Wars Darth Vader... Um, we're, we're flip-flopping here. We went from Marvel to DC. We're going back to Marvel. I'm with this. So that means, Matt, your next pick has to be DC. Yeah. Maybe. I, <laughs> or I kinda, Vertigo I kinda, or Dark Horse. Yeah, I kind of want to be like off the path a little bit. And I love I love a lot of Dark Horse stuff. So I might got to go. I do go have one Dark Horse Mass Effect comment. I might go off yeah. the path a little bit. Uh, we'll I, see. We'll see. I got, I got a month to figure it out. I have quite a few good runs that i have planned for our unmaskables run so you know obviously we're just kicking this off this is episode two but uh i believe we have a strong uh, repertoire of comics that we'll be covering in the coming weeks and years heck yes so um again want to thank you guys for tuning in for listening on spotify if you are uh share like subscribe all that other fun stuff i want to i don't want to sound like every other streamer <laughs> on freaking earth but you know it's just it'd just be nice what can i say um, I can assure you we do not get paid to do this. Uh, we do not. I can, we, work, we do this out of the, I can the love of our comics. I can absolutely assure you we don't get paid to do either pod. But if you want to check out Joker Killer Smile, it's on Amazon. The hardcover is like, what, 20 bucks? Mm-hmm, 25 mm-hmm. bucks? Um, I not highly, even. Not I even think yet. it was like 19. Yeah, I highly recommend it. And uh, I just want to shout out one other thing. Uh, if you're a music fan uh, and you listen to this pod... Uh, I have a project of music coming out in about 13 days, uh, and it is all charitable donations. So like, you don't have to pay for the album, but if you like it, you can send me money, and I'll send it to the uh, ACLU, which is the American Civil Liberties um, Union, and uh, it helps you know people do all sorts of stuff like get out of jail for wrongful imprisonments, and the one thing that I've been sending money to is uh, getting children uh, who are stuck at the border reunited back with their families or maybe back home, so... Um, yeah, it's just for me. Uh, but I got nothing else. You guys got anything else? No, we love you guys. Yeah, we're going to Have keep... a safe Rona-free new year. Yeah, stay away from the Rona, and if you get the Rona, make sure you quarantine, and, um, good luck, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> There's no hope on this podcast. No hope. Hydrochloroquine, here we go. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink bleach. I think uh, I think that's a good way to end it. Yep. Uh, Take care, guys. The eggnog's kicked in. <laughs> Peace out, everybody.